Uh, thank you. <laughs> well, grace, mercy, and peace. We multiply unto you. All right. Oh, much better. Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, I always count it an honor and a privilege every time I have the opportunity to stand before the people of God. Um, and what a blessing it is that I get the chance to serve in my house, um, in, in the place that God had called me to be. And um, it's a blessing. God, I just want to give you all the praise. I want to give you the honor. I give you the, the, the glory. Father, we just bless you. We worship you, God. There's nobody yes. like you. Nobody. Father, you are perfect in all your ways. You make no mistakes. Father, you are the all-knowing, all-wise, beginning and the end, the genesis, the revelation, the first and the last. God, and we acknowledge you as such. Father, we humble ourselves in your presence that you might have your way. Lord, you know every need. Father, you know every situation, every circumstance. God, and we just say thank you for what you're doing for us. We say thank you for how you're doing it. Even though we might not understand the how, we thank you that we can rest assured knowing that there is something greater that you are working for us. Father, we give you praise. Come on, just tell them thank you. Father, we give you praise. We can't do anything without you. We are nothing without you. We are nothing without you. We are nothing without you. We can't do anything without you. In you, we live and move and have our being. Father, we continually remind ourselves that it's you that we are leaning on and depending for everything that we need. It's you that we are leaning and depending on for everything that we need. We thank you for being the supplier, for being Jehovah Jireh. And we give you praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So... We're talking about temptation, and I'm excited about this topic because and, and how befitting because it's now June, and uh, Memorial Day has passed, and Memorial Day is the landmark for the summertime. So we know that in, in the summertime, it's just a whole other spirit come on you in the summertime. <laughs> Pastor was saying, you know, the winter time we you know we all we bundled up and. You know, we have one on our coats and, you know, we, we spend more time indoors. But when the summertime hits, just it's like all restrictions are out the door. It's like I feel like when the summertime comes, some of us go temporarily insane and we just lose it. Right. This is the time we take off more clothes. <laughs> we take off more responsibility, you know, when the summertime comes. But I thank God for this message. So we're going to be talking about temptation. And I want you to write these scriptures down. Yes. Uh, the, the base scripture for this series is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 through 13. As you can see on the... Wait, is it there? Yeah, it's on there. As you can see on the screen, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 and 13. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 11. James chapter 1, verse 14. And I'm going to try to get to 1 John 2 and 15. James chapter 1, verse 14. 1 John 2 and 15. Matthew 
chapter 4, verse 1 to 11. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 12 and 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 and 13 says, verse 12 says, Therefore, let the one who thinks he stands firm, immune to temptation, being overconfident and self-righteous, take care that he doesn't fall into sin and condemnation. Verse 13 says, no temptation, regardless of its source, I'm reading from the Amplified, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience. Nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation, he has in the past and is now and will always provide a way out as well. So that you will be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. The first point I want to make is temptation is common to man. Everyone will face temptation. No one is exempt. No one is immune. Everyone will face temptation as long as you live in a dirt body. And sometimes we feel like it's the temptation that's the sin. Temptation is not the sin. It's giving into temptation is the sin. So I want us to be all clear, right? I'm going to be given a few points of about uh, some of the things that we have felt about temptation. So temptation is common to man. Everyone will face temptation, whether you're two or 202. Everyone will face temptation. No one is exempt. No one is immune. And everyone will face temptation as long as you live in a dirt body. Number two, God won't allow us to be tempted beyond our capacity to resist. Now, as a saint of God, as a Christian, God will not allow us to be tempted beyond our capacity to resist. You've been prepared and equipped and you've sat in how to resist temptation 101 every Sunday. How to resist temptation 101. God has prepared us. And equipped us by way of his word, by way of services, by way of coming to church on how to resist temptation. Amen. Now, the question is, have you been paying attention? Wow. Because, see, a lot of times we can go to class, right? And we can and go to class and we, we have our subjects, math or whatever the case is. And we sit in the class and we're there, but we never learn the lesson. Wow. We never pay attention. And that's why it's important to come to church because what's happening is that we're being taught on how to resist temptation when yes. it comes. See, because he said, I won't, I won't, he said temptation won't come to you or he won't allow us to be tempted beyond our capacity. So when we come to church, he is giving us the instructions and he is increasing our capacity to be able to resist temptation with the word. Amen. 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 Yeah, amen. All right. Number three, he will always provide a way of escape. It's not God's will that we fall into sin by giving into temptation. Okay? He will always provide a way of escape. Now, James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, it says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted of God. For temptation does not originate from God, but from our own flaws. For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. 
But each one is tempted when he is dragged away or drawn away, enticed and baited to commit sin by his own desire, worldly desire, lust, and passion. So God doesn't tempt us. But he allows us to be tested, but he does not tempt us. Temptation comes when we are drawn away by our own lust, passions, desires, and appetites. So in other words, that means that temptation comes in the temptation comes and it is drawn to what we desire. Temptation comes and it visits us based on what we desire. Don't worry, I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere with this. All right, now let's go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. And I'm going to try to take my time, but I'm going to try not to take my time. Because <laughs> I know I could be a little long-winded. But Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 through 11. And this is talking about the temptation of Jesus. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Verse 2, After he had gone without food for 40 days and 40 nights, he became hungry. Now, the first point I want us to look at is that Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of God. What is a wilderness? The wilderness is an uncultivated, uninhabited, inhospitable region. It's unaccommodating. It's a dry, desolate place. It's synonymous with the word the wilds. Wasteland, the bush, the bush country, the bushland, desert, back country, outback, great outdoors, the informal boondocks or the boonies. Have you ever heard of that? So the, the wilderness is a dry place and things aren't alive. It's like a desert. Have you ever found yourself in a wilderness place? Yes. Have you ever found yourself in a place that's dry and desolate? A place that seems abandoned and you feel abandoned because there's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's nothing. Right? I'm walking through the wilderness. There's nothing here. Nothing but ground. Nothing but space and opportunity for me to just get into stuff. There's nothing here. I feel forsaken. I feel left by God because his spirit led me to this place. It let, he let, there's no water here there's no food and not only was Jesus in the wilderness but he just finished fasting so he was hungry so he was hungry Jesus had a wilderness experience and God knew about it and God had purpose for it we're going to have wilderness experiences and God knows about it and he has a purpose for our wilderness experience I don't care where you may have found yourself. Listen, I just came out of one wilderness. I feel like I'm going into another one. But the wilderness was designed to process us. The Spirit of God led us into a process. Into a place. And it, and it doesn't make sense because it's like, well, why would God lead me to a place where there's nothing? Seemingly, there's nothing here. I don't see anything with my physical eyes. There's nothing here in this wilderness place. All that's here is me and my desire. Me and my hunger. I, don't, I feel like I can't trace God in this place. The promises that God gave me 
The things that he said that I would come into the the the, the purpose and 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 the anointing and and the, and and just all the promises of God. I don't see nothing in this place because it doesn't look like what he said. Wow. It doesn't look like what he told me. It doesn't look like what he promised me. I'm in the wilderness place. Jesus was hungry. He was hungry, and I, and I try to put myself in his shoes, and I try to imagine. How, listen, we could barely. We can barely not eat one day. We can barely not eat for four hours. Oh, man, I got a headache. I ain't eating four hours. He went 40 days and 40 nights with no food. Imagine his mental state. Imagine, because again, he's Jesus, but he's in the flesh. Imagine mentally what, what he, what's going through his mind. And he's in the desert, so it's not like he's sitting at home in his bedroom on a couch, in, in his living room on the couch. He is in the wilderness. He's in the desert, and he is hungry. He has not eaten for 40 days, and I want us to start to, I want us to get a, a picture, and I want you to start to put yourself in, in, in his shoes. He had not eaten anything, so his desire was on a hundred million, a hundred thousand. He was hungry. And this is, his, this is the first level of temptation. Verse 3 says, And the tempter came and said to him, "You are, If you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. So now in this first level of temptation, he said, All right, you're hungry. So now I want you to command these stones and turn them into bread. So now I, I was like, okay. He in the wilderness, and he's hungry, and there's nothing in the desert. Where did these stones come from? I'm like, why, why stones? So I started to do some research about, research about stones, and I learned something that I never knew before, that a, a stone is just a rock that has been processed. A stone is just a rock that had been processed. Right? A stone is a rock that has been processed. Now, how does, a, how does a rock get from being a rock to being a stone? There's water. It's water and the pressure from the water smooths out the rock and it forms it into a stone. So now, he's in a dry place and there's stones. So now I'm saying, well, how did these stones get here? And it had to be either two reasons. Either where there's a wilderness there once was water. Or someone had to physically bring these stones into this wilderness. And it reminds me of the children of Israel while they were in the wilderness. The children of Israel were in the wilderness and God had told them they, they started to build altars and, and things to worship the Lord. So in my imagination, I'm saying, okay, well, these stones either came because there were rocks here and there was water or someone brought these stones here. Stones represent truth and principle. Stones were used to build the altar upon which sacrifices were made. So I'm in a dry place and all that's left are the remnants of worship. I'm in a dry place and all that's left is remnants of worship. Remnants of worship, stones. They're, they're, they're the residue of worship. They're the residue of, of the place where God was. Wow. 
there's a residue and 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 and, and it's almost like it, it's a reminder that you can worship God in the dry place. Yeah. So now here's the temptation now because now so now Satan says to Satan says to him, now you're in this you're in this you're in this place. It's a dry place. Now I want you to if you are who you say you are, turn these stones, turn these principles, turn this this altar, this thing that was used to worship God, misappropriate it and use it to satisfy yourself. Misappropriate the the challenge and the temptation was because he was hungry. He said, "In your hunger, I want you. If you are who you say you are, misappropriate these resources and take what God requires for worship and use it for your benefit." Wow. That's good. How many times have we been in desperate places where it feels like we don't have nothing? And God, you're still requiring me because, again, you brought me to this place. I didn't bring myself to this wilderness. Your spirit brought me here to process me. Wow. So I'm now in a dry place, and all that's left here with me and my hunger is remnants of worship. Now, I can either use my ingenuity and create something that will sustain me, or I can worship you. In this place, in this dry place, I can complain or I can worship you. So Satan says, if you be the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. Misappropriate God's resources. Have you ever been broke? But you got paid. And you know God requires 10% of what you have earned. God, well, you know... I will pay my tithes, but I don't want my cable to get cut off. Because, you know, that's my entertainment. And when I come home from work, I just want to relax. I, I just... Wow. He said, turn your stones to bread. God, oh, man, you know, I I would go to church, but I'm, I'm tired. I'm going through stuff. Like, I, I don't... I, I don't I I'm, I'm, I don't want to press my way. I live in Brooklyn. Like I live, I go to church in Philadelphia, and it's tight right now. You want me to? I worship. He said, misappropriate the resources. Take what God requires for worship and use it for your benefit. Verse four says, but Jesus replied. It is written and forever remains written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. In other words, he was saying, Satan, you, you think my fulfillment is coming from me misusing and misappropriating God's resources, but my fulfillment isn't only coming from what I eat physically, but from what God provides for me while I'm in the dry place. Because it's an opportunity for God to show himself as a provider. As a provider. Come on here, minister. Are you willing to allow God to provide for you while you're in a dry place? Or are we going to give in to the temptation to do it myself? I'll figure it out. I'm a hustler. What? I will figure it out. When God led you to that place to be processed. And he shuts everything around you down because ain't nothing in the wilderness. You have nothing to work with but some stones and worship. Uh, 
He said, my fulfillment is not coming from what I eat physically, but from what God provides for me. See, temptation will come to visit you in the area of your hunger. Wow. Now, are you hungry enough to draw from God's provision? Or will you take matters into your own hands and provide for yourself and be self-sufficient? Because God doesn't want us to be self-sufficient. He doesn't want us to have it all figured out for ourselves because he said without faith, it's impossible to please God. So there will always be something that, 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 you know, that is there in our lives that will cause us to lean on God. Because if we had it all and could do it all, then why would we need him? Last point for this section, what you do to get out of a low place, and I learned this the hard way, what you, what you do to get out of a low place is what you have to continue to do to stay out of that low place. Yes. So if you have to trick your way out of it, you're going to have to trick your way to stay out. If you have to lie to get out, you're going to have to lie to stay out. If you depended and leaned on God and worshiped to get out, then leaning on God and worshiping is what's going to keep you out of the low place. Second level of temptation. We're going to take it up a little bit. Second level of temptation. So now we, okay. So verse five says, then the devil took him into the holy city, Jerusalem, and placed him on the pinnacle, the highest point of the temple. So we're not in a low place no more. We ain't in the wilderness no more. We're in a high place. He was tested at his low in the wilderness. Now he took him to a spiritual place and tested him in a high place. See, temptation doesn't only come when you're hungry. Temptation comes when you're full as well. Temptation doesn't only come to visit us when we're hungry, but it'll come to visit us when we are full. Now let's talk about this high place or this high, right? See, people do so many things to get high. People do things to get high. And the devil took him to a high place. It was a high place. Whatever your high place is, some people do drugs. And they get a high. It brings them into a high place, right? And it was, and again, it was a spiritual place that he brought them to. So it was a high spiritual place. And if you've ever been high in any sort of or form, then you understand that being high is equivalent to being in a spiritual place. Being high is equivalent to being in a spiritual place. Some people do drugs to get high. Some people drink alcohol to get high. Some people eat to get high. And I, and, and, and I didn't realize that until I started studying this, that when I eat, there's something that happens. There, there's a, when, when you're high, there is a euphoric release of endorphins in the brain, similar to how it feels like being in the spirit. If you've ever been in the spirit, if you've ever operated in the spirit, if you've ever had the spirit of God come up upon you to, to, to do a work and you and you feel 
the spirit of God and you you enter a spiritual realm, it's the same it's the same feeling as being high. If you've ever smoked and it got you high, it brings you into a spiritual place. He took Jesus into a spiritual place and he gave him a high. He took him into a high place. Have you ever been, and I want you to think about what is your high place? What is your high place? See, because sometimes your confidence can be at a high. You did something and I'm more confident than I've ever been and it's, I feel that high. I, I get that euphoric feeling. Your gift might cause you to be high. You did something and you produce something and it gives you that, that high. You just met a goal or you just had a major accomplishment and you are operating at your maximum. You're operating in your, your strength. And it gives you a high. It takes you out of yourself. He took Jesus to a high place, a high pinnacle, a high point in the temple. Verse 6 says, and he said mockingly to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to serve, care for, protect, and watch over you. And they will lift you up on their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. He said, throw yourself down from the place. God won't let you get hurt. Do you know who you are? And the real deception of the high is because you think you're untouchable. When you're in a high place, you feel like you're untouchable. Can't nobody touch me. LeBron, James, putting all these titles on them. Oh, can't nobody touch. Like, I'm the greatest, but you... You just lost the game, homie. Yes, yes. So it's something, but it, it, it's what have you ever operated at your maximum? It gives you a high. You feel untouchable. When you get in a high place or when you're high, it alters your reality and you think you you think you're more or you think more of yourself than you really are. Your high makes you numb. Or some of us use highs to be numb. We use highs to be numb. Have you ever went to the dentist? And that dentist, you, you know, nobody loves dental work. Like, if you love dental work, there's something wrong with you. Like, nobody likes getting dental work done. But when that doctor shoots you in your gum with that Novocaine, you don't feel nothing. It's like, oh, I don't feel nothing. Oh, yeah, all right. And you go ahead, you don't feel nothing, and you bite your lip. Oh, I don't even feel nothing. I ain't doing nothing. And when that thing wears off, you're like, what was I doing? The damage that you can create, the damage that you can inflict upon yourself when you're numb. Wow. See, when Jesus was tempted in the flesh, he said, turn these stones into bread. Can you imagine what eating a stone can do to your body? Can you imagine what eating a stone can do to your system? How it can damage your system? And that was the intention of the enemy to cause him to damage his system. The same thing with now, I'm tempting you in the spiritual place. And I want you to be numb. Do you know what you can do 
how, what damage you can do to your spirit when you operate from a place of numbness. He said, throw yourself down. They're going to pick you up. Ain't nothing going to happen. Throw yourself down. You can damage yourself spiritually. Make that decision and do that thing that God said don't do. Wow. He's going to catch you. Go ahead. Sleep around. Go ahead. Do it. Ain't nothing going to happen. You ain't going to catch nothing. Numb. And when that numbness wears off, you find yourself in a really bad place. It's temptation. Verse 7. Jesus said to him, on the other hand, it is written and forever remains written, you shall not test the Lord your God. He said, uh uh, Satan, it's written and forever remains, you shall not test the Lord God. You're going to challenge me in a spiritual place? You're going to test God like that? You're going to come to his realm? You're going to come to the place that he operates? And you're going to test God? in a spirit? You're going to come to a spiritual place? You're bold enough to come to a spiritual place. To come to the realm that God operates and dwells in. To test me? He said, don't test God. He was asking him to perform an act that will damage him spiritually when he took him to a high place. Wow. Third level of temptation. This is verse 8. Again, the devil took him up on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory, splendor, magnificent, and excellence of them. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Pastor Arby, can you help me with this? Can you open up this ladder on the stage for me, please? Wow. So we were tested in the wilderness, all right? Dealt with the flesh. Then he took us into a high place. We dealt with the spirit, tested us in the spirit. <laughs> then he said he took him up onto an exceeding high mountain. An exceeding high mountain. And he showed him all the glory and the splendor. And he showed him all the magnificence and the influence. He said, look at all these kingdoms. Look at all these systems. Look at all, look at all these things operating. It's like being in an airplane and you know, you're looking down and you're seeing how everything is working and it is beautiful. It looks good. He said, look at all this. I give you all of this if you bow down and worship me. He tempted him with power. He tempted him with influence. See, some of us never make it this high because we don't get past the flesh. So some of us never make it to getting tempted with power because we never make it past providing for ourselves. We never make it past being in a spiritual numb in a spiritual place. We never make it here because we're still spiritually numb self-sabotaging ourselves but he said I'm going to bring you up to a high place he showed him power he showed him influence he showed him status he showed him glory and splendor he tempted him with power and he said give me your soul see he tempted him in the flesh he tempted him in the flesh he tempted him in the spirit 
Now he said, now I'm coming after your soul. He said, I'm taking you in a high place. I'm going to show you power. How many people, and I work in the arts and entertainment industry, and this is the, the struggle, this is the temptation, where people are tested with power. People are selling their soul yes. for power. They're selling their soul for money. They're selling their soul. He said, if you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all of this. How many of us don't even realize that we become Satan worshipers? When we're tempted with power and we bow down, not to God and his process, but we bow down to what the enemy is bringing to us. We bow down to the temptation of compromising. It's easy. Working in the back, yeah. Working in the in the in the in the in the in the financial system. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's easy to bow down. Yeah. It's easy to give into the power. It's easy to give into the principles because the glory is beautiful. Yeah. My Lord, yeah. my Lord. The benefits look amazing. Do you know what I can get? Listen, I was just in the wilderness with zero. I didn't have nothing. Now I'm in a place where I can have kingdoms. I'm in a place where I can be a boss. I'm in a place where I can be a baller. He said, all you got to do is worship me. All you got to do is submit yourself to my principles. All you got to do is humble yourself before me and I'll give you everything that you see. And the powerful thing about it was that if Jesus didn't know who he was, if he didn't know that Everything that he was looking at already belonged to him. He would have gave into that power. See, you can't give me something that God already gave me. You can't give me something that you don't have. See, he said, I'll give you what you see. He didn't say, I'll give you what I have. He said, I'll give you what you see. That don't even belong to you. It's actually mine. It actually belongs to me already. Verse 10 says, Jesus said to him, Go away, Satan, for it is written and forever remains written, You shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. He said, Satan, you got to know your place. And it's written that you shall worship God and serve him only. He said, nah. Whatever is high and lifted is what you begin to worship. Whatever is high and lifted is what you begin to look to and worship and look to provision for from. If you look in, 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 in every city, the tallest buildings are the, are the buildings that... And I'm almost done. The tallest buildings in the city, if you ever go into a city, you go into a region, the tallest buildings are the buildings that run the city. It represents the industry that is dominant in that city. In New York, the World Trade Center, because that was the dominant industry in the city. And that is the, that is the, that is the industry that, 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 that everyone is submitted to because it is the financial stronghold. It is what keeps the city moving. Whatever is high and lifted up is what we begin to worship and what we look to for provision. 
He said, go away and get behind me. There has to be some distance. We have to start to create distance because the enemy is too close. When it comes to temptation, we have to be able to create a distance. Verse 11 says, then the devil left him and the angels came to minister to him, bringing him food and serving him. And this is where I'm, 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 I'm closing. Rob, you can come up and... He said, it said the angels came to him and ministered to him. In his temptation, in the process that God brought him, brought him through, the end result was always supposed to be dependence on God. See, with temptation, temptation comes to rob us of our identity. It comes to challenge our identity and it comes to rob us of our identity and it also comes to cause us to be self-reliant, self-sufficient, and satanic worshipers. Now again, you look at, you think a Satan, a worshiper, a Satan worshiper is somebody that's gonna have the horns coming out their head, they wear red all the time, or they always wear black, and you're like, oh, they worship the devil. Or, no, 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 you can be a Satan worshiper by bowing to his principles. Exactly. You got nothing to do with color. Nothing to do. Why don't you stand to your feet? Yes, the purpose in this message today was really to talk about temptation, and to extract some principles so we can see what the real intention is. Temptation will come to you in your areas of lack and abundance. Don't be deceived because when you know when we talk about temptation we think it's only sexual things. We think it's only it's not only that but it's financially. Temptation can come in so many ways. Temptation doesn't only come when you're hungry. It comes when you're full. It doesn't only come when you're broke. It comes when you're in abundance. It doesn't only come when you're lost. It comes when you're operating in your maximum. Temptation comes in times of weakness and strength. Temptation comes in places of hunger and fulfillment. Temptation comes by way of the flesh, by way of the spirit, and by way of the soul. So we can't be ignorant of the enemy's devices because he's not only coming to tempt us in our flesh. So let's just throw that away, throw that idea away. He's not only coming to tempt us in the flesh, but he's coming to tempt us in the spirit and he is coming to tempt our soul. The Bible says, but the good news is that he says, when the temptation comes, I've already given you the capacity to resist it. You've already went through the class. You've already went through the course. You're, every, you're reading your Bible. You're praying. I'm teaching you. I'm leading you. And I've already given you everything that you need. The Bible says that everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness, he's already given it to us. He's already given us, so we have the capacity to resist temptation in all forms. But we got to remember who we are. 
we have to don't forget who you are the Bible says that you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood your royalty a holy nation without doing anything right or wrong he already called you a holy nation a peculiar people you're not gonna be like everybody else you're gonna always stand out a chosen generation a holy nation a peculiar people why he said that you might show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into the marvelous light continue to show forth his praise don't bow down to worship self don't be spiritually numb don't bow down to the principles of the enemy that he presents because that's what happens in this culture that we get presented with a lot of stuff in this culture and if we're not if we're not careful we'll take what we see and hear in culture as law what we see and hear and what culture says we'll take it as law and say you know what that's the truth because I saw it on television that's the truth wow. everything on the internet is the truth so that's, that's what we right the internet can't lie it, it, it ain't even a real person so how, how can it lie but if we're not careful and we don't understand who we are see that's why it's important to come and again we're not asking you to come to church to beat up on you or because we feel like we're better this is the place that God designed to educate us the church let me tell you something about the church the church is the educational institution of God's kingdom. This is the place where he has called us to educate us about how he works. To educate us about faith. See, because sometimes it's hard for us to learn these things on our own because we don't know. If you don't know math and you go pick up a math book, it's going to be hard for you to try to teach yourself what one plus one is. If you've never read before and you see ABC, it's going to be challenging for you to try to figure out what onomatopoeia is because we don't know so this is why we come together we come together to learn and there's a blessing that God releases on his body because again we are his body he's the head of the church and we are his body we are his arms and his feet and his eyes and his ears and his mouthpiece we are his body what a blessing it is to be called the body of Christ and because we are his body he loves us and he uses us for his glory and he empowers us. Come on, if you want the Lord to use you, just say, Lord, I want you to use me. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that as we enter this season, Lord God, that is heightened for temptation. Father, we pray that you would help us to remember who we are. Lord, that you would help us to remember who you are. Father, in us. Father, we don't want to give in to temptation. Even the things that we struggle with that we don't speak about. Father, we pray that you would shift our mindset and how we view temptation so we know that if something is coming to tempt us, you have given us the capacity to overcome it. You will create a way of escape. Father, when we see that way of escape, Lord, let us take that way of escape. Father, because we don't want to damage our system. Father, we don't want to become spiritually numb and make decisions that will damage us spiritually. Father, bring back your word to our remembrance. Surround us with people, Lord God, who can remind us of who you are and who we are. When we feel low, when we're in a low place, God, when we feel, like, Lord God, that we don't have anything or anyone, or we may feel like we don't have purpose, God, send people to remind us who we are. 
Send people to love on us. Send people to encourage us. When where we are doesn't look like the promise, God, send an encouraging word. Send an encouraging message to remind us that we are in your process. Though we're in a wilderness, God, you want us to worship. Father, send people to remind us. Send people to remind us. Father, we worship you today. We give you praise. Father, we rededicate our heart to you today. Lord God, we don't want to be lost in the wilderness. We don't want to die in the wilderness. God, but we want to get everything that you have for me. It is your process. You are the one that are leading us into this process. And we know that if you are leading us into this process, you will see us through. You're not going to do it for us because you said you've given us the capacity. But we're leaning on you, God. We know that you're not going to do it for us. You're not going to make decisions for us. And sometimes we want God to make decisions for us. And God will not make decisions for us because he created us with a will. Our soul is the seat of our mind and our emotions and our will. And he's given us a soul and that soul has free will to make decisions. And we are not robots. He's not going to make the choices for us. But he has given us the capacity, the ability, the space, the mindset, and the mentality to make the right decisions. And even when we make the wrong decisions, he loves us so much because we're his that he gives us grace. He gives us grace and he say, I understand you made a bad decision and I'm going to cover you and I'm going, I'm still going to bring you. I didn't change my mind about you. I didn't change the thing that I've called you to do. I'm not going to take my gift. I'm not going to take my talent. I'm not going to take the abilities that I've given you. He said, I'm not going to take it from you. I just want you to come and learn and make better decisions so we can be a light for him in the world because the world is looking for answers and they're looking for light. The world is a dark place. Yes. And when you're in darkness, you're always looking for the light. And God wants to use his body as the light, the light of the world. He said, we are the light of the world. See, this is what these are the things we need to remember when we're in the wilderness. The wilderness is a dark place. It's a dry, barren place. But he said, yeah, you're in a dark place. But remember, you're the light. I want you to remember that you are the light. You're in the light, so though I'm processing something out of you, there are people that are watching. Come on, we're watching his light. We're watching Jesus' light. We are watching his light. He was in a dark place, and now we can look and say, there's the light. This is what the light does in darkness. This is what light looks like in darkness. This is how light operates in darkness. This is how the Bible says that the darkness doesn't even understand it. The darkness comprehends not the light but it's drawn to the light. Father, let us be your light. While we're in a wilderness, while we're in a transition, while we're in a place of being tested, Father, let us remember that you are processing us, but we're also the light, because someone is watching our process. Someone is watching us in our dry place. Someone is watching us in our place of light. Can we still praise God? Are we still going to be faithful to him? Are we still going to praise him in the darkness? Are we still going to praise him in the hard times? Are we still going to be committed when things look like it's not working? Are we still going to press when we feel drained and we don't have any energy and we won't have any passion and we don't have any desire? 
Father, help us to remember that we are the light and we are the salt. We are the preservatives, the thing that preserves communities, the things that preserve our jobs and preserves our school. God has us in the place that he has us because we are preservatives. And as long as we are in the place that God has us, then there's certain things can't happen because we are there. What does a preservative do? A preservative preserves it. It keeps things together and you are on the job that you're on because God has you there as a preservative. You are at the school that you're at because God has you there as a preservative. You are in the career that you're in. You're in the field and the industry that you're in because God has you there as a preservative. And I know it gets hard sometimes. I know it gets rough. It gets frustrating. It gets discouraging. But God has you in that place as a preservative while you are in your process. While he is processing you, he has you as a preservative in that place. Because while I'm being processed, I'm still praying. While I'm in the wilderness, I'm still worshiping. While I'm in a spiritual place, I'm still acknowledging you. And it might be hard. I'm telling you, it's not easy. It's not always easy. It is not always easy. But God said, if you can just hold on, if you can just worship while you're in a, in a rough place, if you can just worship, I promise you that he's going to come through. The angels, he's going to give his angels. He's going to send his angels to minister to you. He's going to send his angels to supply your need. He's going to send people that will give, people that will encourage, people that will support you and give you what you need if you don't give in to the temptation. Come on, it's not worth it. Don't give in to the temptation. It's not worth it. Don't give in. Don't give in. Don't give in. It's not worth it. God said his angels are on the way to minister to you. Come on, I want the angels to minister to me. Father, I'm open. Send your angels to minister to me. Send your angels. Send your angels. He said, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, that means that we have languages that summons angels. Father, we speak and we worship you. As we worship, he's summoning the angels. As we praise him and as we thank him, he is summoning the angels. And the angels are coming with the thing that we need. The angels are coming with provision. The angels are coming with anointing. The angels are coming with strength. I know you feel weak. He said, but the angels are coming with strength. But just worship me while you're in the wilderness. Oh, God, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you honor. We give you honor. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. Father, we're in the wilderness, but we worship you. We're in the wilderness, but we worship you. We're in a dry place, but we worship you. We're in a dark place, but we worship you. We're in a barren place, but we worship you. We're in a barren place, but we worship you. We're in a rough place, but we worship you. We're in a hard place, but we worship you. We're not going to lean unto our own understanding. We won't lean to our own understanding. We won't lean to our own understanding. We won't lean to our own understanding. We don't always understand what you're doing. But we always understand it's a process. We don't always understand what you're doing. But we always understand it's a process. Father, we give in to the process. It's your process and it's working for us. It's your process and it's working for us. 
Come on. He's building your strength. It's working for us. He's building your muscle. It's working for us. Come on. You're not going to lack all the time. It's working for us. Come on. You won't always be broke. It's working for us. Come on. You won't always be spiritually numb. It's working for us. Come on. We won't always be struggling. It's working for us. You don't have to always work so hard. It's working for us. Come on, the process is working for us. Shut up, baba, baba, motion. It's working for us. Come on, we're leaning into the process. It's working for us. We're leaning into your process. It's working for us. Come on, you gotta let it work. It's working for us. Oh, we give you praise. It's working for us. Just worship it. Let us see your light. Let us see your light. In the darkest hour, in the darkest hour, let us see your light. Let us see your light. Let us see your light. In the darkest hour. Just lift those hands in this sober moment. Just lift those hands towards heaven and just love on him. Come on, this moment is so pure and so sober. disappoints when you come with expectation Jesus came to make your life better Jesus came to make your life better what an awesome word from the Lord 
I said, what an awesome word. Come on, you can do better than that. What an awesome word from the Lord. Give God praise that he spoke to you today. Come on, give God praise that he spoke to you today. Father, we thank you for Pastor Rick. We thank you that you've allowed to pour out of his spirit today. Father, we just pray that as he has poured out that you pour in. We thank you for the blessing that's on his life. As you have taken him through these seasons in order to be a blessing to many. We thank you that you're making him stronger and stronger and stronger. We thank you, God, for all that you have in store for him. But the blessing is honored from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. And we thank you for allowing him to be a blessing to us. And now we speak blessings over him. Blessing over his health. Blessing over his finances. Blessing over his business. Blessing over his ministry. And all the things that you have put into his heart to do, they shall come to pass. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Somebody praise God for him. Come on. Come on, somebody praise God for him today. Hallelujah. Oh, be seated quickly. We're going to let you go. Man, what an awesome word. What an awesome word. We're going to try to get that, that word uploaded to the podcast this week. So you can listen to it over and over and over again. Your deliverance many times is in repetition. It's in repetition. Yeah. It's in repetition. You need to listen to the word over. Isn't that or wasn't that a great kickoff to the first service for this new series? Come on. Wasn't this a great kickoff? What an awesome, awesome kickoff. Now, you don't want to miss. There's three parts to this. You don't want to miss not one part to this series. I want to make sure that everyone stays connected. By the time we get to this third service and we come to that third service, man, you're going to be so different you. than you was when you first started. Amen. Amen. Now, how many people know somebody that needs to be in these kind of services? Come on, you know, you know somebody, a whole bunch of people. So I want you to invite somebody next week to make sure that they are here as we continue this new series no longer. And I'm believing God that the anointing on this series is going to get stronger and stronger. What I'm asking is that this coming Wednesday that you turn down your plates. Amen. I'm asking you to fast at least until 6 o'clock, all right? Amen. At least until 6. Amen. You want to have a little liquids in the daytime, that's fine. But I'm asking you not to eat one meal until after 6 on this Wednesday. Can I get at least three people to do that with me? You're going to do that with me? All right, good, good. Thank you so much, Lorenzo. We want to fast and believe God that this coming Sunday that God is going to do something special in our church. And be prayerful. God's going to do some amazing things. Somebody say amazing things. Now quickly, I want you to get your seed ready. Prepare your seed today. Some of you may be given by app. That's fine.